Hey, Nathan, um, in this week's episode, we're going to be talking about something that I fantasized about. And no, it has uh, nothing to do what, with Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I wasn't going there. <laughs> I'm worried that you were going somewhere else. <laughs> that I have fantasized about for a long time that we ended up doing. Uh, we're going to tell the story of why and how we did this. Uh, but before we do that, do you have any rants you want to share? Uh, there is one. Yes. There's, there's one. And it's about roof racks. Okay, let's hear it. Okay. Now, for those of you out there who buy roof racks for your vehicle aftermarket, I totally understand you. You want to use it for utility. I do the same thing. However, when you're done using your roof rack, it's a pain in the neck to remove it and put it away. I get it. But I noticed something. I've had one on my car. I was testing it out because it's an old one that I used to have and I'm whatever. I'm losing up to two miles per gallon. Really? On the highway. That's a lot. And it's just, and this is unladen. This is out with that, any stuff in it, the basket or anything. It's just the roof rack bars. Now, granted, some are more aerodynamic than others. But they whistle. They do not look that great, I think, unless, of course, you're trying to have a look like you're going to go skiing during summer. And to me, honestly, make easy-to-remove roof racks that you guys can easily take off and everybody would be happy because you'll get better mileage and it'll be a lot less hassle to take off. These things are such a pain you in know, the neck. You know how we uh, did that series with Stubby where we were kind of, did you know, trying to find out things? Or Yeah, um, I was part of that. <laughs> yeah, you were doing that. I would be f- interested in actually doing something like that where you take a car and run it on a MPG loop mm-hmm. uh, with and without the roof rack. Right. But but to be fair, some roof racks are very aerodynamic right. and some are really not. The uh, one that I have is not very... How, how about this? Uh, with or without a rooftop tent? Yes. We did something similar to that a while ago when we uh, had our trail boss, I think it was. And that that was affected by rooftop tents significantly. And rooftop tents are another thing. It's like... Guys, if you're not going to use them, don't leave them on your car. I know it's a pain but to take them yeah, off. Yeah, they're though. so heavy and so unwieldy. They're a pain to move. I get it. And but then you the have to store them. Yes, at you least, have to store them. At least the old ones were the, like the Tapui. I think it's Tapui. Uh, they were these big, like maybe like 12 inches tall boxes, right? Basically, the new you're ones You're thinking are, of Baba Booey. The Baba Booey boxes <laughs> I'm thinking were, about were Tapui. bigger than 12 inches. <laughs> no, I'm thinking about the, the, the big square, you know, uh, roof roof tents that were clamshell, that opened up like a clamshell. Yeah, the, yeah. the new ones are much, you know, they may be 8 or 10 inches. Oh, they're much, much smaller. And then or, they pop straight up. Those seem much more arrow. But the problem is people put them on the car in the spring, and then maybe they take them off in the fall. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Yeah. And then you're driving around with this thing that's But it's just, just it really does affect your mileage. Oh yeah. Just just putting anything up there really, do, really does. Do you remember when we used to work with Subaru once upon a time? Once upon a time. When they uh, had that innovative crossbar that There would, were other companies that did it, but they yeah. did it as well. So they had crossbars that you you just had two latches and you would disconnect these two latches and you would swing the arms into the actual uh roof, roof uh um they weren't really, what were they, like the upper sections of the um, roof, and they would just fold right into them, right? And it was such a smart, simple idea. It was logical, and I think another car company does that as well. Yeah, the way that it worked is, you know, you've got the kind of the pillars that run the length of the car. Right. And then you've got the arms, right, that go the width of the car. The cross The cross, the cross, bars. Ba- yeah. cross bars. And Subaru would hide those cross members uh, in the pillar, sort of, and then you would swing them across and attach them to it the just other made, one. And it worked really well. And I think that's probably more aero because then you're basically losing the uh, cross member so you don't have as much drag when you're driving I agree 100%. Road. And 
and but if you don't have that, like like my car doesn't have any of that, then you have to put on uh, an actual roof rack, a universal one in my case, in order for anything to go. And you're up talking top. about the Santa Cruz, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Where, where where did you get yours, and why? Are you, what are you using it for? Uh, do you remember a long time ago? I had a Toyota Tacoma. Sure. Uh, about yeah. seven, eight years ago. I remember, ago, yeah, that was ago. a perfect truck for you. I know, I know. I miss Your it. wife didn't like no, it. No, she hated no. it. <laughs> and so I uh, had a rack on there and everything else, specifically because I liked going off-road and I liked it carrying extra stuff in there. And sure. I even had lights mounted on this yeah, thing and whatever. Cool. I didn't care about mileage because that thing got terrible mileage. Anyway, so I've had those bars ever since, and they're universal. So they can fit under the door guides um, or, you know, the door sills, and you can close your doors and everything, you know, whatever. They're not the best. They're, they're, they're really cheap ones. But I kept them. And I need them because I'm moving a whole bunch of family stuff this weekend. Ooh. And so I need extra storage in my little tiny Santa Cruz. And so I'm going to put a roof rack back on it temporarily. And so I've been testing it out, making sure it fits and it doesn't scratch well, the paint. Part of the problem is, right, there are different designs of car roofs, right? Some yes. have gutters and some don't. Right, and that's so, part of it. So you got to get the roof rack that's either for the gutted or the gutterless uh, vehicle design. That's so, part of it. So there's no universal... I think that's... A, there's there's partially universal. Okay. So there's ones that will fit on like a Honda Civic, a Subaru Impreza, uh, you know, like five different cars that have a 43-inch wide roof. Believe me, I've researched this. And others that are for wider roofs and others that will only go on a gutter and others that when there's no gutter, they'll go into the door area and some that will and some that will not fit. So you actually, when they say car-specific, some Sometimes they mean it, but this particular one, and, and this is what it all comes back to, it's just a really, really cheap one. And so it's not built, it's like two bars, right? So it's not even, they're not even like remotely rounded. So it is the most unaerodynamic component on the entire vehicle now. So, so I, have, I have a confession to make. All right. I started out my life as a car guy. And over the years at TFL, I've turned into a truck guy. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, and I'll tell you why. Uh, because finally when, you know, I've, I've owned and now driven you know every truck out there and i'm not saying they're boastful it's just truth uh, i've realized what a bunch of people have long known and that is trucks are so freaking useful yes you know, i'll give you an example of that i had a uh in my car days i had a uh, uh volvo uh, v70r yes yes it, I it's do. a station wagon right yeah. with the big 300 horsepower five cylinder turbo mm -hmm. Uh, and I special ordered it, so it was manual, mm -hmm. which gave you like 10 more horsepower. It was a really cool car. Um, and that was our family truckster. And of course, you know, we would have to carry around a lot of stuff when Tommy was young. And one of the things we had to carry around was, of course, a bicycle. Mm -hmm. A little kid's bicycle. Not a big one, just a little one, right? Right. Uh, and because there was a lot of like, like his, you know, I, I, Barb called it playpen. I called it penitentiary pen, right? That little thing you put the... <laughs> yeah, the restriction cage for yeah, right. children. Yeah, yeah. and then, then, of course, you have to have the stroller. Yeah. And then you have to have the big stroller. And there's a special bag with extra stuff in it. <laughs> exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. And clothing, you know, as if you're going on an expedition to Africa, right? Yeah. So there was no room in the back of the Volvo. So I put the, I put the roof rack on. The car, I think the, the, the wagon came with, like, the you know the the, the the pillars that go across not across but the length of the vehicle mm -hmm. yeah and then you buy it like the cross members sure. or maybe I don't know I don't remember any and maybe maybe it was a kind that you, I don't know it doesn't matter and so I put the bike on top there and it was a Thule right except Thule had these different kinds of um, bicycle 
racks when you put the bicycle on the roof where you can either take the front wheel off mm -hmm. and then you could attach the front wheel to basically like a stud, right? That, 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 so the bike would sit upright and it would like hook it into place. Well, yeah, so it would attach, like there's a cross member and then the, then the two forks go into that cross yeah. member and then they attach like you're attaching it to a wheel. Mm -hmm. Very secure. Or you could have one where you don't take the front wheel off the bike and then there's this like, like U-shaped arm that comes across and grabs it mm -hmm. uh, at the bottom of the, not the A pillar, but whatever the, you know, on the frame, the little pillar that goes down to the, uh, to where the pedals are. The ball, yeah. the ball protector. Yeah. And that one, the bike would sit up very high. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was, that was a good one for like driving it into the garage <laughs> and taking the bike off the car. I bet it was in, just in, in a non-very professional manner. Yeah. Uh, but the, the little kid's bike was weird, so it was hard to attach it, right? Because it really wouldn't fit in either of those. So I kind of jury-rigged it, and I'm going up I-70, and I hear this horrendous, like, banging sound. And next thing I knew, the bike had flown off the roof of the <laughs> Volvo and onto the highway at, like, 70 miles an hour. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Were you able to retrieve it? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I had, that was probably one of the sketchiest moments in my life, because you're on an active expressway. Cars are, you know, and people that. here drive 80 easily. Yeah, yeah. And, they're, you know, and the bike is flying off the roof. Uh, so uh, I survived, uh, and I couldn't leave the bike on the road. It's no, too dangerous. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, uh, bike didn't survive. No, I'm sure it didn't survive. <laughs> Family survived. But Maybe it explains why Tommy sometimes has a little weird look at you sometimes, a little sideways thing like, yeah, I but, remember but that bike. Anyway, like I said, this was, you know, the, the, it's funny, like the machinations you go through to make a car fit into your life when if you had a pickup truck you'd be just fine <laughs> yeah he's just throwing the back of the bed <laughs> yeah yeah and 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 the little santa cruz has done that by the way i even i've, I've actually put like five bikes in that thing i kid oh, you yeah. not yeah, yeah like a whole bunch in the back and yeah. whatever it's it's easy just throw them in there i, yeah. I don't care and, about and bikes. if you've got it lined right if you've got it yeah it's it's completely it's a, no, you're a not break it. yeah i mean it's meant it's meant for like rocks so. oh yeah i've been i've been beating it up but because i have to carry you know a bunch of coolers tables chairs uh, people's luggage and all this stuff, uh, 200 miles, that's why I'm adding the roof rack. And thus, because I was testing it out, it dawned on me, oh my God, this is the most inefficient thing in the world. So looking around, as I was driving to work today, I'm looking around like, look at all these people with roof racks with nothing on them. So the newest thing, and I'm sure you've seen this, Nathan, is uh, people with trucks now don't put the bikes inside the bed, but they hang them over the tailgate, right? Yeah, the, the kind uh, little pad that they put back yeah, there to prevent it from being the, scratched. A little, and it's really handy. So I'll tell you a story. Uh, so our friends over at Quad Cat, who make this Jeep-branded electric bike, mm -hmm. come from the hunting industry, right, with big, fat tires. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we went to, I went to... Uh, Bale Beagle to test out one of their bikes, mm -hmm. uh, and um, the guy said, "Hey, if you want, uh, you can take this down to Boulder and keep it for a week or two, so you can, you know, do some riding in Boulder and sure. you know, give it a good review." And I'm like, "That's really nice, thanks." And then he said, "You know, to make it easier for you, I'm going to give you the pad mm -hmm. that you put over." And this was when we had our uh, probably this one the best truck we had for a long time, and that was our Trail Boss. Remember? Yes, Silverado yes. Trail Boss. It's funny you mentioned that. There's going to be another podcast where we talk about of trucks that we used to have. Yeah, up on the truck podcast this week, uh, Nathan and Andre are going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of all the trucks that we've owned in like the last two years, including that one. Yep. So, so the guy's like, "Here, take this," and I'm like, "Great, it's really nice." And, they, and he gave it to me, right? Mm -hmm. And they're this, it's this padded kind of uh, plastic uh, condom. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, right? That, it is a tailgate condom. Yeah, that, that you, you know, there's straps that you strap under the tailgate, then, mm -hmm. then tighten, and so you attach this thing, and then you just take the bike and you put it with the front wheel over the tailgate and drive it home. Yep. Um, except, <laughs> except there's an except here. Um, this uh, quad cat 
is a heavy bike, Nathan. Yeah, yeah. Very, I, I want to say like bikes. 80 pounds. Yeah, okay, it's pretty heavy. Uh, so get it back, no problem. Take it off, um, and then you know I kept the the, the the tailgate condom on there for a while, uh, and then I took it off, and then I'm looking at the tailgate, and it had actually dented oh, okay. <laughs> because the bike was so heavy. It actually dented the tailgate. It yeah. actually dented the tailgate. Yeah, it'll prevent yeah. it from being scratched, but not dented. <laughs> not not yeah. dented. Yeah. So yeah. be careful, all of you electric bike aficionados. <laughs> Yeah, well, transporting I mean, your bikes like that. The, in a truck. They are a lot heavier, and I've seen people struggle with electric bikes getting them on the back of cars and trucks and whatnot. So keep that in mind. But anyway, just to, to finish up my yeah, point, go for it. Um, I it, it, it's it all boils down to I, I know it's a pain in the neck to remove these things, but you will save yourself serious gas mileage, especially if you have. Uh, a, a, a roof rack like mine, which is really not very aerodynamic, it really does cut into the wind, and it's terrible for your fuel mileage. And right now, gas is not cheap. That, that is an industry ripe for disruption, isn't it? Like like the 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 way that somebody could invent maybe one of the electric cars because of electric cars, of course. You know, you said you don't care about fuel economy because it gets bad fuel economy, but electric cars, it's about range. It is, and that would really affect your range. Yeah, I know Tesla does, like, their own version of those. Mm -hmm. But it would be cool if you could actually do one that doesn't attach to the car, but that is somehow retractable and part of the car. I had a killer idea. Let's hear it. I had a killer idea. And if one of you guys can go out there and invent it, okay. I'm willing to lend you my name to put on top of it. Nathan's. Yeah, Nathan, you could call it the Nathan Top. And essentially what it is is it's a guide that would go in the back of your truck that would essentially go around the outer uh, walls of your pickup truck, and then it folds, and it can fold to the roof of your truck and become a roof rack. Huh? Wait, wait, wait. So, like, you like fold it forward to create a roof rack and uh -huh. fold it back? And then it would be able to go, you know, you disconnect a couple things and it would be able to actually go on the t upper walls of your bed on your pickup truck. Uh, so I was I was looking at Craigslist. Uh, at this they, nobody in Craigslist has that. That's my no, invention. No, 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 no. I was looking at Craigslist at this old, uh, like, military or one of the first CJs. Yeah. And it had this kind of structure where you could fold it back. And it was basically a folding soft top. Mm -hmm. So it was like that, right? So you, you had this kind of, like... Uh, infrastructure for the top, and then when you weren't using it, you could fold it back. Yeah. yeah, something like that, but for a truck? Kind of, but okay. essentially you're able to, you have tie-down points that would sit high on your pickup truck bed okay. on top of the wall of your bed going all the way around, and then you could fold it forward, and it would have a like a... Um, uh, a hinge, and it would hinge on top of your roof, okay. and it could sit on top of your roof and act like a roof rack on top of your roof and free up your bed. Okay, well there you go. There you go. Any and you, call and, it the, the Nathan Top. And any of you uh, uh, inventors, entrepreneurs, yes. inventors out there who you know, I it's could my see, side hustle. I could see it on Shark Tank. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I really wouldn't want to face those people. Okay, let, let's talk about what I know you guys have tuned in for because it is a fantasy that Roman finally had a chance to. Uh, lived through, and it's something that actually I kind of grew up with. This is an interesting little dichotomy here in terms of what yeah. this topic is. So we bought a car, Nathan, and the video is up uh, on LTFL, um, and um, we bought a car that uh, was never sold to the public, at least to the public. That yeah. is correct. And so I, when we did the video, I, I teased Nathan about this, and we played a game. It's kind of fun. You had to guess what this was, uh, but I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, and I hate, I hate, I hate, and sorry, Tim, that's you as well. Uh, I hate when people like, like just just string out something and tease it, you know, forever. Like mm -hmm. I hate when they when they use the podcast if they're a YouTuber to somehow tease the video, but won't tell you the details, and they say you have to go watch the video. So we don't do that here. We actually do the exact opposite. We spill the beans on the video 
sooner before the video publishes. Or in Tim's case, like when you're buying something and and like there's this agonizing three month process when you're trying to figure out what it is. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get it. It's good. It's good for clicks, right? It creates a lot of uh, anticipation, but it also I'm very well as you know. Uh, patience is not my strong suit. It is really not. You yell at grass to grow faster. <laughs> All right, uh, yes. So so uh, we bought this car at auction, and we'll tell you how much it cost. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I didn't tell Nathan what it was. And yesterday we drove up to the Wyoming Department of Transportation. That is correct. Uh, and I surprised Nathan with it. Uh, Nathan, tell him what we bought. We bought a 2019 Dodge Charger Police Interceptor. Yes, my dream has, my fantasy has always been to, to own a former police car. Yes. Uh, because I spent some time behind the wheel. Remember we used to go to Chrysler, What's New, and then they had police cars there. We did a bunch Th of That videos. was a lot of fun back then. Yeah. They so, don't do it really anymore. No. So we, we'd go to the, um, at that time, FCA Proving Grounds, mm -hmm. and they would have a whole bunch of cars to drive. And the one that I always looked forward to was they had their police interceptors uh, uh, fully kitted out. With, yeah, with, yeah, we, we, we did videos where we would play yeah, with the lights. With the fun. lights and, you know, the sirens, the different... Yeah. You know what I mean? All the different... Uh, so ever since then, I've always wanted one. And when I saw one come up at auction uh, that had a mere 148,000 miles on it, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, I impulsively bid on it, and I won. we won the auction for $8,000. Yes. Now, why is this car important? Why is it any different than any other Charger out there? Well, for one thing, $8,000 for a 2019 Charger is really good, despite the fact that it's got a lot of miles on it. It's still a really good buy. But on top of that, there's more to this car than what you think. And the reason why he mentioned that the regular public was unable to buy this car is... Because it's all-wheel drive. And what's under the hood? A Hemi. That's right. So you could buy from your dealer... An all-wheel drive charger. I think you still can, or maybe they stopped. Yeah, it. I think you still can with the, but only with the Pentastar. Only with the Pentastar. So they only sold the Hemi all-wheel drive uh, to police departments. Yeah, uh, and that with was this a, current this current um, generation. This current generation, yeah. And the previous, I think you could buy maybe. No, you couldn't. I don't think they had the all-wheel drive in the previous gen. This one was built from the, 2015 the, to now. Yeah. This, the the all-wheel drive system and everything else that's in this vehicle, yes, there, there are mixes and matches of this thing throughout all of the you know FCA slash Stellantis fleet. But if you wanted to get the Hemi with the all-wheel drive in a sedan, this is it. This is the only car. In fact, this is the only V8 sedan you can buy that's a cop car. Yeah, they're all done now. That you know, Ford doesn't do, of course, the Crown Vicks anymore. Nope. They now do um, the Explorer. Hell, they don't even do the Taurus anymore, which no. was not a V8. No, and they do the Explorer, but you can have that in a, a EcoBoost mm -hmm. uh, turbo, but you can't get it in the V8. No. Um, so the only V8s you can buy are now like the Tahoe, uh, the Durango, mm -hmm. uh, but no... Uh, no sedans. No sedans. Uh, anyway, so we, we get up there, uh, and I had asked uh, Jeff, who's this nice guy who runs the like the, the auctions for the Wyoming Department of Transportation out of Cheyenne. I asked him, you know, I was worried about the back seat, mm -hmm. right? Because you know, God knows what was spilled back there. Some perps decided to get a little mouthy. They're going to get spilled. <laughs> From blood to yeah. all, all sorts of other unmentionable human. Some fluids here and there may have been spilled. But, but Jeff said these were interceptors. They were highway patrol, and they didn't really use them to transport people. No, no, they didn't. Actually, what these cars were popular for being used for, aside from you know pulling you over and giving you tickets and, and whatnot, was also pulling people out of the snow. 
Uh, all-wheel drive. This one has snow tires on it. Very new Like ones. brand new snow tires. Yeah. yeah. And there's actually a, a bit of a hitch in the back. And we're pretty damn sure that that is used for helping people getting pulled out of the snow in emergency situations. Yeah, it's got like a little hook where yeah. you could hook onto maybe a strap and then pull somebody out in a storm. Especially does, in Wyoming. It, yeah, it doesn't It doesn't have a real like hitch where you could you know tow something with it, but it's yeah. got this hook. I think that was... So let's talk about the unique features of this. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill so like you said the first thing we noticed was that uh it had snow tires which yeah. was fine because we'll, we're here i mean that's an all-wheel drive car we'll use it in the winter yes but we're going to replace those tires and put on proper road tires on it uh yeah, directly yeah because right now in the summer it's gonna get 80 we're, we're just gonna we're, melt them we'll melt them yeah snow tires start working at like 44 degrees above that they start melting yeah the, the compound, compound is built specifically for colder weather cold, yeah so uh first thing you noticed of course was that it had that little side light or has a little side light yeah yeah that's so that's the spot now, they've had these spotlights on vehicles since, I believe, the 1930s or even possibly earlier. And essentially, it is an arm that comes into the vehicle that you can control a movement of a ball. And back in the day, it was a single light. And nowadays, they use several LEDs. I've used these on more than one vehicle that I've owned for off-roading. I think that this is like the best off-road light in the world in terms of utility. I, I, I'm not a big proponent of tons of lights all over a vehicle. I like just a couple. And I love this thing. But this car came with it. Unfortunately, it was disconnected. Fortunately, though, we'll, we're connected. It will reconnect it, yeah. and it's a it's a great. These things cost hundreds and hundreds of dollars. This is like five hundred dollar thing. LEDs on it, really, really powerful things. So we'll be able to direct it around, and which is really cool. No, we're not going to use it to terrorize traffic. We don't even need to because just driving this thing down the highway is enough to terrorize. Yeah, we'll get anyone. to that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty funny stuff. Yeah, so we'll, we'll kind of give you a, a walk around. Uh, mm -hmm. So first thing you notice was a light. Like mm -hmm. I said, Nathan tried it. It didn't work. Uh, we figure it's probably just a wire that it's they just disconnected a wire, yeah. or clipped. Uh, and I asked Jeff. He said, yeah, we, we disconnect them. So we'll... I don't think it's legal to reconnect them. I don't no, think no, it's not illegal. There are illegal things. There are things we can't do. Like we can't, we can't put a red, red light uh, lights red on bullets, the roof. Yeah, we, yeah, we can't um, do the uh, siren. There's a lot of things we can't do. But look, a lot of security companies out there are able to take these cars and do an awful lot with them. So can we? All right. And then the next thing we found out immediately is we turn the engine on. It tells you how many hours. <laughs> do you remember how many hours? It was a million hours. I don't know. It was a lot of hours. Was it five thousand? I think Some, yeah. five thousand. It tells you how many actually driving. And how many idling? Mm -hmm. So I want to say it was like out of the five thousand, it was like three thousand driving, two thousand idling. And we put up a little TikTok, uh, and everybody in the comments said we overpaid for it. Uh, that uh, you know th these things are used and abused and put away wet, yeah. and that they're only maintained when necessary. In other words, when things break, they fix them. But. Uh, mm -hmm. But, you know, some other people said that this car is good for 300000 and that they work at the uh, police department and that, they, that they're maintained regularly. So I guess it probably depends, like, everything, right, on the police department and, you know, who's in charge of the fleet. Well, yeah, well, the motor pool itself at any particular uh, police department is dependent on the budget that they're able to procure and also certain policies in the state and the city. So it really does depend. However, I can say that in this case, this car has had some pretty rough use, but... At the same time, those people were like, oh, you paid too much. You know what? You find a less expensive one 
uh, go right ahead and do it. Just, 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 we'll wait. Yeah, yeah I, people, people always, you know, the Monday morning quarterbacks. Well, <laughs> I know, my brother-in-law actually bought one for $2,000. No, it's better than that. The police actually paid him to come and pick it oh, up. Oh, yeah, yeah. They actually <laughs> say they dropped it off as our door with the keys and just said, here, take it. Um, and but, wired two thousand dollars. <laughs> now, here's the cool thing about getting a former cop car. There's there are a lot of negatives, and that is true. One of them can be that they are beat the hell in some cases, but you get a suspension system that's usually upgraded. You get brake systems that are usually yeah, so upgraded. bigger brakes, more sporty suspension, yes. bigger alternator. Yes, usually a larger alternator, usually an oil, an additional oil cooler, yep. additional transmission cooler. They tend to have a full package that comes directly from the manufacturer when they buy them as a fleet vehicle. So they have all of these things, especially if they're a pursuit vehicle, because they have to be a little bit more robust. Yeah, so I mean, they're they're built to be abused. Uh, so when they are abused, they're designed to take it. Now, uh, one of the things that we had a quick uh, discussion about was, does it have the six-speed or the eight-speed? And the answer is neither. Neither. <laughs> <laughs> it has the five-speed. Solamente cinco. Yeah, it's, it's only five. It goes back to the days of Mercedes. <laughs> well, it goes back to the, the first generation of the Charger Challenger. Uh, they had five-speed automatics. Good. It's good. Those I'm are very robust. Yes, yeah. they were. They're actually pretty stout uh, transmissions. Um, but one, I think one of the reasons has to do with the packaging uh, of how the whole all-wheel drive setup works. Um, that's my guess. Could and be. in addition, the way this vehicle is, having components that have been around for a very long time isn't necessarily a bad thing because they're easy to order and they're inexpensive. And Nathan did crawl underneath it and you did in fact see that there were drive shafts connected to the front wheels. Oh, yeah, yeah, I double-checked. And, <laughs> and that there was oil dripping. And there is a little bit of oil <laughs> dripping. There's a skid plate under there, too, that I wasn't expecting. But it makes sense, uh, I would imagine, for a Pursuit Special or whatnot. Um, but the underside actually looked pretty good. I didn't see a whole lot of rust or anything like that, just a lot of road grime. And, so, and the front is hilarious because you could see where they have the push bar. Yeah. And, and where the push bar was, there's like clean plastic. And when there isn't, there's like 140,000 miles of dead bugs that have Dead now, bugs and debris and everything and debris else. Yeah. That have now completely like integrated with the fender <laughs> so that it's one mass of dead bugs, debris, and plastic. Yeah, from the outside, the vehicle really does look, it's, it's, it's a black Charger. Uh, it has the Steelys with the center uh, chrome cap. Oh, by the way, I, you know how much those are? Buy the, the chrome caps? Yeah. We only got two of them. You know how much they cost? 80 bucks a piece? 80 bucks a piece. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're, 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 it's not, you know, what are you going to do? Go to Pet Boys and get some? I bought one uh, on eBay this morning for 50 bucks. All so, right. So, so now we're up to three, but they had more on eBay, but I didn't trust it. You know how some of the, you know how, you know how it's, it's a little sketchy sometimes. <laughs> yes. You don't know. Yeah. All of them are made out of steel except for this one. So I, I just bought one. And if it comes and actually is what it says, then it you'll is, buy the other one. Buy the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's... I also bought the push bar, new. Oh, good. Yeah, good. It's, it's a company well, called Go Rhino. Yeah, I know Go Rhino. Yeah, they, yeah. Do, they do the police one. So I bought the push bar. That was $350 or $60. Mm. All right, so let's keep so, going. Yeah, so um, then we go, uh, if you circle around the car, the rest of it looks pretty much normal. The, the rear exhaust is a little, little the, the uh, dual exhaust, a little, little wonky. But there are holes in the car that have been kind of uh, not patched, but they put little like uh, plungers, plastic yeah, plugs, 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 yeah, were, were all, which is where the lights and yeah. also the antennas were. They just plugged them real quick, probably so they just wouldn't leak and destroy the car. And then, and then there is some paint. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of fade where it used to say state trooper. You can actually see it. Say state. <laughs> state trooper, yeah. Now, we are going to do some things in the future to make these cars look 
like our car, um, essentially. We're going to turn it into a TFL car. We'll get to that in a second, yeah. though. So let's let's round up to the inside of the vehicle. Yeah, so now. Now, now you sit inside the thing, and the first yeah. thing you notice is it doesn't have a center console. No, the entire center console has been removed, and that's partially because that was either a vault mixed with a computer or a whole computer. It depends on, on the police department. But essentially, that whole area where the center console is is removed, and then they have their own device that goes in there, and it could be uh, communications mixed in with the computer, mixed in with a vault, mixed in with a thing that shot, holds a shotgun, you name it. All these different things can sit there. And then when they're done with the car, like they were with ours, they remove it, but they don't put it in the center console that's been removed. So, so the, that's There's that's just gone. a bunch of wiring now with like plugs that go to nowhere. And no cup holder, damn it. And, well, there's one in the door. So I, yeah. looked, I, looked, I looked up the cost of buying one of those. Yeah. They're not cheap. No. Uh, like once again, 350 for a charger center console. And the problem is that the regular charger, not the police one, has the shifter in the center. This is also something pretty cool. Oh, yeah, I was going to get that. Yeah, go for it. Tell yeah. me. Yeah, so uh, this car has a column shifter. Good old school column shifter. Why? Well, because that center console is being used as you know, component storage and electronics, and in addition, a lot of police officers are very keen on having a column shift. It frees up a lot of other stuff well, around you're, them. Well, you're wearing all this stuff, right? I mean, they got... I guess bulletproof vest. And oh, the they, they, they've got and... like five guns, according to Hollywood, <laughs> and, and like pepper spray and two tasers. And bear spray. Yeah, and extra bear spray and a grenade. So they got to be able to have extra room so they can buckle down and, you know, the thing. But anyway, so they column shift, proper column shift, which is great. And that changes the entire interior because it really brings you back in time to an older car. Also, cloth seats. Uh, so no, no leather, they're not heated or cooled, um, but it does have essentially a early to mid-2000s style um, infotainment system set up, which works just fine. Yeah. Air conditioning, heating works just yeah, fine. Everything works, yeah. Yeah, everything a, works in the car. So, so here's the first special thing, actually second special thing. It's got the shift column, so when we went to put it in gear, we couldn't. Oh, yeah. And a little message pops up that says shift lock. So yeah. the police have this special, well, you tell them what it is. You, you got to yeah. undo it. Yeah, behind the steering wheel, there's a special button that you can push in order to disengage the lock. And that essentially prevents a criminal from jumping in the car and taking off with it. Yeah, so you can lock the shifter in place so you can't put it in gear. And if you, right. don't, if you, if you don't have the key and you're not aware of that button, you can jump in that police car and you'll never put it in drive. Yeah, that's exactly it. You'll just bang on it and nothing will happen. And then moving towards the back, not in the back yet, the dome lights, special dome light. It's, yeah, it's, it's a huge. Big, it's a big like white dome light, but yeah. there's a switch. Yes, and if you hit the switch, it turns to red inside, like it goes from white to red. Now, I don't know exactly why. I was thinking about this when I got home. And it's just like, maybe if you turn it red and you have a perp in the back, they're just like, oh, I'm really in trouble now. I think it probably doesn't destroy your night vision at night. And it's not as, uh, like, you're not such a big target with the red light on. So if you're, Or you look more intimidating. <laughs> or you look more, I just think it's, yeah, I think it doesn't destroy night vision. And it's a subtle light, so you're not, like, lit up or, you know, backlit by a white light. Okay. I like mine better. Okay. Like I, 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 you look intimidating. Hey, if you, if you know, let us know yeah. what, what the... I'm sure yours, yours is pretty logical, actually. Mine's stupid. But, okay, <laughs> so then let's move to the back seat. Now, the back seat just looks like a regular seat. Now, I know that some of you... Maybe rumor has it some of you may have been in the back of a police car. I know I have. Um, so some of them have, you know, all, like, fiberglass back seats with, like, a thing where you actually take the handcuff and hook it in, you know, and, and plexiglass and bars and everything yeah, else. Yeah, this one doesn't have that. It was no. a pursuit vehicle. It's a pursuit vehicle. So it was never really built for that. However, still, they did take into account that you could have somebody in cuffs in the back seat as such. 
There is no door locks or that door you plungers. can door plungers, I should say, and door handles, and the door handles. You cannot get out of the back seat without somebody opening the door from the outside to let you out. Period. And, and then there is this little plunger that you push in or pull out. It's like a, it's like an adult oh, baby oh, from, lock from the door from the opposite side though. From the door, yeah. From like, well, if the door is closed. Then you know where the hinges would be. There's a little plunger. So you'd have to have the driver's door open in order to get into the to the plunger to the back door to, uh, in order to. Uh, it's like an adult child child yeah, lock. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. for for perks. perks perks yeah yeah. So if you're in the back after you know you know dealing with whatever you've had to deal with and you're in feeling pain. That cop's going to have to get you out of there. It's going to take him a minute because he's going to have to go and hit the plunger in order to open the door and get you out of there. But um, there's more because then we move to the back, uh, the trunk. In the trunk, you can really see that there was a lot of stuff removed. And I'm, I'm under the impression that some of that was for electronics, yeah. uh, communication systems, and also possibly like a metal storage box in the back as well, which, you know, for extra weapons, who knows. And so you can see all these cutouts in the back that are like <laughs> missing. <laughs> There's like something that was there and it's now gone. Yeah, it's like in a normal civilian car, there would be sound deadening there. Exactly. That's been cut out. So it's based, and there's no sound deadening on the floor. But yeah. we did get a spare tire. We did a, get a proper spare a new tire. new Eagle, uh, was it RSA, I think? Yeah, well, essentially yeah, the Pursuit tire, which yeah. are really pricey tires too, by the way. Yeah, so we did get one of those and the jack. Yep. So... Now, just to round off this car in terms of what we're seeing, you, I'm sure you're wondering about the engine. <laughs> it's there. It's big, Hemi, 5.7 liters. Uh, 370 horsepower, right, 395 pound foot of torque. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it is it was a filthy engine. It's very dirty. It was very it's dirty. It's very honest. Yeah, it's, it's no, nobody tried to keep it up for appearances. But it ran good. Uh, oil looked good. Um, all the fluids seemed to be fine. It wasn't smoking. Yeah, there's a little tiny drip, but it is a Hemi, so they do drip from time to time. Um, it engaged in gear just fine. It didn't Brakes really... seem fine? Brakes seemed to be really good, actually. And, and the seats actually... Uh, well, the driver's seat, I finally drove it. You drove it back. Yeah. But, uh, the driver's seat is actually not like, you know, a big guy. You'd think a big guy sitting there for 150,000 miles would, would pretty much collapse it, but it was fine. It was in good shape. Yeah. It's entirely possible that after 100,000 miles, they replaced it. They maybe replaced I, some stuff. I don't know. Yeah, don't I know. mean, motor pools. It really does depend on who's running it and all that stuff. The other thing I found out, you know how you had, we got three keys, which is mm -hmm. great. Yeah. They probably get more than two keys, I bet. Yeah, yeah, I think three keys is standard. So, so we got three keys, and uh, you know when you go to lock it, it doesn't do that chirp. And, and the lights don't flash. Uh huh. So that's that's disabled as well. I think on purpose. Uh, yeah, probably. Right. You, you know, yeah, you don't want come. To... You don't want. To... <laughs> the cops are here. Yeah, you you really don't want it to make a I don't know maybe a ton of noise. But anyway, uh, so in terms of driving, it drove great. There's a little shutter. There is a shutter, but only at low speeds when you're going. I I still think it might be the carrier for the um for the um the drive shaft. Because when you're going really slow, about from like 10 to 5 miles per hour, you hear this little... Yeah. And, then, and then it goes away. And it doesn't come back when you accelerate. And it's coming from speed. like where the, where the transmission of drive shaft That's would be. exactly why I think so, it might be that. So, so, you know, we don't know what it is. We're, we're going to ignore it. <laughs> we're just ignoring it until it explodes. Uh, we are, we have a mechanic. We're going to probably have a couple mechanics look at it, some of our friends, just to make sure that there's nothing that's going to, you know, detonate on us. But... For the most part, it seems like it's a really solid car. Uh, we drove it down the highway. We put some miles on it. We so, actually so, put on so, the drag strip. So, so the problem with driving a, a cop car, <laughs> even <laughs> with a temporary plate, is uh, that you create a roadblock. Nobody wants to pass you. 
<laughs> Nobody. <laughs> it's pretty funny. So we're driving along, you know, doing the speed limit in the slow lane, and, and cars come flying up, and all of a sudden they hit their brakes. <laughs> they're checking you out. <laughs> yeah, because they just don't know for sure. I mean, they can clearly see that there's that extra light there hanging on the side. That's a dead giveaway, usually, that there's a cop. Um, and the cool thing is it could be an undercover cop, Nathan. Could be under semi-undercover. Yeah. Semi-undercover, yeah. But uh, obviously the, the temp tag would give it away or the fact that there are no... we gotta get we got to get replace those antennas. Just, oh, just, just put fake ones in We're going to get some CB antennas exactly. and stuff like that. Yeah. Just stuff that looks real but isn't. Exactly. Yeah, it, it'll, oh, yeah. We're going to make it look like a cop. So, sure. so I'll tell you the plan for this and we'll tell you what happened. So if you look at the picture behind us, you'll see it with, with our Raptor R. And so what we want to do with this is we want to find out if your car is faster than a police car. So mm -hmm. we immediately took it uh, drag racing against the Raptor R. And that one I'm not going to tell you. Just go to all TFL and watch the video and you can see. It, it's not going to be hard to figure out, guys. Which of the two is quicker. <laughs> but we plan to wrap it uh, and we're thinking either TFL Fuzz or TFL PD. PD or 5.0. Yeah, maybe 5.0. Yeah, so we, we, we will wrap it. I think we if will. If we put 5.0 on there, though, people are going to look at it and go, that's a 5.7, bro. I don't know why you have 5.0 on there. 5.7. <laughs> yeah, yeah. totally that's a Mustang engine. <laughs> yeah, why, 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 you guys don't even know. You're a bunch of clowns. You know, so, so we will wrap the, the, the doors white. Yeah. You know, because that's how police cars are. Yeah. So we can do that. Obviously, there's nothing preventing us from doing that. Mm -hmm. uh, Tommy wants it. You know how, like, in Michigan, they have these funny, like, giant lights? on. You know, they, they haven't gone to the arrow ones yet. They've got the they big. still big roof things. It looks like something out of, like, a 1970s Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> Movie. Yeah, I, I, I know what you're talking about. We have to be very careful, though, and we're going to make sure that a local ordinance and local laws are followed, that we don't step on anybody's toes yeah. when we go and put something yeah, on. I mean, the light could be yellow. If it's yellow, then it's. I think it's okay. Yeah. Just, yeah. I, I think if any of you are be... former police officers, or current police officers for that matter, let us know in the comments below if you uh, know of anything that we should be wary of when we go to transform this into TFL Fuzz. I mean, TFL Fuzz, not a cop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're not cops. Um, I, I don't even want to be like, it's the other worry you have. I don't even want to be like... Uh, because uh, you guys live in dangerously, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously, like, we really don't want to incur the wrath of people. And like, oh, there's one. Oh, there's no, one. no, 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 no. We're not. We're not. We swear. Yeah, we're we, we're parody. And when we drove down the highway and people stopped and looked at us, it was pretty obvious that we weren't cops. <laughs> yeah. So um, a funny story I want to add to the side of yeah, this. Yeah, let's hear this. Um, I grew up, as many of you know, I grew up working and living at my family's wrecking yards. Living meaning, you know, that was just the way I made a living. Uh, my family owned wrecking yard businesses in Southern California. And so we went to a lot of auctions. And a lot of the auctions we went to were Hollywood auctions in Burbank uh, for cars that were used in movies. Not necessarily, you know, the really nice ones, usually side ones. However, if you've seen a movie called Say Anything with John Cusack, he drove... A late 70s, early 80s, I'm trying to remember the year, uh, Chevy Malibu, which was a cop special and actually had a big push bar on it. Well, that car was sold to my uncle. And I was just starting college. And I needed a car to replace my Toyota, which was beaten to hell. And so my uncle's basically like, take this. And so for my first year of college... I terrorized people on the 101 freeway going back and forth to school because I was driving this thing and everybody around me would slow down. And then when they would see me, you know, I, at that time I had hair, a lot of it, and wearing inappropriate outfits and everything else. And they'd flip me off and drive off because they got so angry that they would slow down and be tricked that I was a cop. And I wasn't trying to trick anybody. But there's a certain look that certain cars have that forces you to slow down. 
and then you pull up next to them nice and slow. And then when you realize they're not a cop, you get a little ticked off as you pull forward and then you kind of hit the accelerator and take off because you're angry. And that's what I dealt with when I was a kid and that's what we're dealing with now with this car. Yeah, I mean, um, it's kind of fun. <laughs> I get a little bit of a kick out of it. Yeah. Tommy was, was cracking up too because he could clearly see people around us. He was we following us in the rafter. Yeah. yeah, everybody was going the speed limit around us. It was it was funny, but then again, it got a little tiring too. I, I can imagine how irritated a cop would be. Like, come on, just just go a little faster, folks. Yeah. So you know? so two ideas for this thing that we can do. We can uh, do a bunch of drag racing and like mm-hmm. you know maybe invite you guys out to try to beat it in a straight line. <laughs> see if you can do that. Uh, keep in mind we are at a mile above sea level. And then Nathan, maybe what we could do when we're done with that series this summer, right? Because in the winter it's hard to go drag racing here in Colorado. We could turn it into an off-roader. What do you think of that? Um, like like a like a like a police ranger. Or rally car or something to that no, It's not going to be a rock crawler, right? I'm sure that all-wheel drive system is not. It's not no. built for that, no. It's, but you, it, could, you could put, you know, knobbies on it, and you could take it, you know, into some mild off-road areas. We, we if you could, can lift it. it yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> um, tell you what. Uh, actually, I'm curious to what your perspective is. But right now, I, we're just going to stick with building it into the TFL-style fuzz car or whatever. Yep. Later on in time, I think we'll really start probing you guys for ideas about what we're going to do with it later on. Because I don't want to do an empty promise. But I will say this. This car is the real deal. It handles like a cop car. It takes off like a cop car. It sounds like a it's cop a, it car. It sounds like a cop car, yeah. So it, it, in, in that sense alone, it's kind of cool. So I am curious about you guys and um, what you would do to escape a pursuit to a certain degree. Now, one thing I want to say. Yeah, if we do drag racing, that's cool. However... Are you always dragging or racing a cop car when you um, are pursued by one? I say nay, nay. What normally happens is they're either faced the opposite direction or you pass them. And what do you do when you pass a cop car that's on the right side of the road? You immediately hit that brake and then you try to let off the brake so you don't show the cop that you were braking to slow down when you got to him. So I think we should set up some sort of cop drag race where... The other person is already driving and they're already slowing down and the police officer is starting to move right before you get to them. And then the drag race is on. That's cool. Like a yeah. rolling like a Rolling, rolling start, but, yeah. a, but, but, a, but a TFL fuzz yeah. rolling start. I, I like that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to do to it, Nathan, is I'll, if our friends at Magnaflow, uh, they just sent us an exhaust for our uh, JK Jeep. Uh-huh. I'm going to put a, a Magnaflow exhaust, give it a little bit more of a... Uh, you know, a little bit more of a burble, a little bit more of a, you know, a little well, bit more authority. I think it could use a little bit. I mean, it's so old, um, you know, in terms of the engine itself, not, not the car, yeah. that, that maybe a little bit of help breathing would be fair because, you know, it's, it's, it's a little yeah. bit tired. I thought about, like, supercharging it, but that would cost as much as a car, and, and the engine's pretty, I'm sure it's pretty tired. Oh, I want to go Mad Max on it. I want a full <laughs> supercharger coming out. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, blower. With the big roar, with the I'm going to wear the mask and the whole thing, and, oh, yeah, it'll be great. It would be kind of cool to ossify it, but um, but but I will say this: there's one more thing. I want to go to Armalite and see if they'll do a turret on the roof so we can make it like an LAPD <laughs> style police car, <laughs> fill it fifty calibers. And you guys don't do that in LA anymore. No, I don't think they do that I anymore. Do that. Never mind. All right, let's switch gears, Nathan. Um, <laughs> hey, let's we'll switch gears before we get too off topic. Uh, so I've been driving your favorite car uh, this past week. I finally got to drive it up to Keystone and take it off road, and that is the uh, brand new 2024 Jeep Wrangler 392. It's a beast. Yeah, and of course, you and I have gone on the launch of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for 2024, they uh, made the Extreme Recon package standard, so it comes standard from the factory with 35s. Okay. Uh, and now you get some new goodies, so you get electric seats, Nathan. 
Yeah, the electric seats are, it's revolutionary. Nobody ever thought in the history of Wranglers that electric seats would show up, and now it's an all-new Jeep. Yeah. Do you, do, you, do you get any of the sarcasm from me? Because I was dripping. Just uh, 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 it's, uh, it's not a new Jeep. It's an electric seat. They could have done that years ago. Hold on. At, at the end of this, I'm going to ask you a question, okay? okay. So, so I'm building up to a question I'm asking you and the audience. All right. All right. And this is a question. This is the video I did when I went up there. So I want to know what your answer to this would be. Okay. So um, I'll just go through what's new. Mm -hmm. uh, so Extreme Pika Strander now gives you like a two-inch lift Yeah. Uh, with 35s. Uh, also standard, the new screen. It's a bigger screen. That screen is better looking, though, i got to say. Yep. Uh, and on some models, <laughs> unfortunately not the 392, uh, you can now uh, tow 5,000 pounds because they gave it a full-floating Dana 44 rear axle. And I did a first tow video, and people were asking, like, which models can you do it on? And I was like, you know, there's so many models. It's, it's just go... To the configuration. Just not the 392. The 392 you can't do it on. Probably not the 4xE, I would imagine. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's a 4xE. I think it's like the Pentastar with the floating rear axle. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm, I, I'm not sure if the 2-liter turbo you can, does I'm it. I'm not sure about that. And also, I'm pretty damn sure it's also the Unlimited, not the 2-door. Uh, but uh, but anyway, the uh, the gist of that is when I did that first tow video, uh, it, not grand. Not, you know, it's a Jeep Wrangler. If you want to tow, get the Gladiator. Oh, you talked about this. I don't want to, you know. Yeah, we're not going to knock it in the dirt again. Yeah, but just get, if you want to tow, if you're going to tow regularly, you know, get the truck. You, you have all the capabilities of the Wrangler, and you can tow. Plus, that tows 7,650 pounds, I think. So it tows 2,500 pounds more. Yeah, and in addition, it actually has a truck frame in the back. Exactly. It's actually partially a truck, so yeah. it's not just a Jeep stretched. So the other thing they did was they kind of made the uh, grill a little bit different. They kind of made it a little shorter, and that's because you can now get a integrated worn winch from the factory. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's 8,000 pounds of uh, pulling power. Uh, with the with the Jeep, okay, uh, uh, and mine had the fourth. It's quite, it's almost a four thousand uh, dollar option. It's the one touch roof, right? Where mm -hmm. you, you, it's a, it's a cloth roof that's built, I think, by Webasto, and then you push the button and you can roll it all the way back. Uh, it's like having. Uh, basically, the freedom panels without all the pain in the butt of having to remove right. the freedom panels. But I believe you still can remove the you side can. glass yeah. and the rear as you can, well. Yeah, you can. Yeah. yeah, but but it's much easier. It's just one push. One you push, go. and you're essentially a convertible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's for the first time has side curtain uh, airbags. Mm -hmm. So that's new as well. Interesting. Okay. Um, and how much do you think all that good? Oh, and, and the Jeep that I had was the color and the setup that I would order if I were ordering a 392, right? Which is Earl, which is a $500 option. That's kind of this uh, gray, gray bluish paint. You've seen mm. it parked out there. Uh, and- uh, So if you're driving it, you're, you're kind of like the Duke of. Duke of Earl, yes. And uh, it had like the blood red leather seats. So red leather interior. So it's a bloody Duke of Earl. Yeah, it's nice. It's a really good color combination. So how much do you think all that was? $90,000. Close, 95. Woohoo! Yes, thank you, Jeep and Stellantis, for so, so, yet again building something that's so, so here comes a question. bloody expensive. So we're having this video. Probably by the time you listen to this, we're time traveling again. Mm -hmm. It'd be out where I took this Jeep on the exact same trail that I took the Ford Bronco Raptor. Mm -hmm. um, and the difference between the Ford Bronco Raptor and the Jeep 392 is price-wise, I think the, the Ford's a little cheaper, but when you get to the open market, they're both about 95 with <coughs> markups and all. You know what I mean? They're, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Bronco does not have a V8, and this one puts out 470 in the 392 horsepower and 470 pound-foot torque. Mm -hmm. So the, the Bronco Raptor has a 
twin turbo three liter. Yeah, it's a three liter. Uh, puts out 420 horsepower. Mm -hmm. well, big difference. And, it it, is. and the second big difference is, of course, independent suspension versus... Yeah, solid front axle. Yeah, yeah solid axle. Uh, the Raptor, in terms of uh, width, is a little bit wider. Yeah, it's noticeably wider, actually, with the Raptor style. A little bit more room. Yep. Uh, it's also about the same length. Mm -hmm. So they're both about the same length. They're both convertibles. Mm -hmm. uh, now that the Jeep has the bigger screens, the screens are... I think the Raptor's still a little bit bigger. Uh, at least a little bit taller, if not wider. Um, and um, the Bronco has that GOAT mode mm -hmm. where you, you know, it goes over any terrain. So you can select, like, I want to go to rock crawling, and then it puts everything in rock crawl mode. Whereas with the Jeep, you still have that big lever, right, that you have to pull down at a four low, and then you have to. <gasps> but it makes you think about it when you got to go over a rock, you got to get you a different pressure. Come on. And then, then you got to disconnect the sway bar manually. Yes. It's, it's, it's a mechanical sway bar disconnect versus electronic. I'm just giving you the differences. I'm not I, bitching. I'm not making value judgments. I'm okay, just telling okay, you. Okay, please don't. Because and then there's an off-road button, so you can choose different off-road modes. Mm -hmm. So the question, Nathan, is, that was a long way to get yes. to the question. Which one would you buy? The Jeep. That's what I said. Yeah. And But let me back up real, okay. real quick. I would take a regular Bronco over almost any of the modern Jeeps. Okay. The, the, the regular Bronco, like the Badlands or something yep. like that. I don't like the Bronco Raptor mm. because the Bronco Raptor is great. Um, Dunes, oh, yeah. That would be an awesome It's kind of weird looking. Those fenders stick out They really do stick way. out far. But it's, that's, that's, it's not the looks. It's, it's what I like to do off-road. It's a personal thing. I'm sure some of you guys are like, look, I don't go and do the off-roading Nathan does. I like to go to places where it's rather condensed and somewhat narrow in terms of off-roading, and honestly, that Raptor is just too bloody wide. It's as wide as a full-size pickup truck, whereas in the Jeep, it's just a little bit narrower. And the Jeep, because of that, has the edge in terms of maneuverability where I need it to go. That's the first thing, and that's important to me. The second thing is, honestly speaking, that 392 is so stupid fun. Oh, bingo, bingo, bingo. You push that little button that opens up the baffles. Yeah, oh, you like to say the raccoon eyes. The raccoon eyes. Oh, my God, that Jeep is crazy it's and just stupid a loud. again is, fun yeah. thing yeah. and you know what the funny part is i actually looked and in terms of their the the the, the uh economy on both of the vehicles they're bad they're, they're both horrible they're like in the 13 yeah they're 14s. just absolutely yeah. terrible so no matter what you're screwed they're really, both on 35s I yeah think. i mean and or is it, the bronco on 37s i think the bronco's on 35s is it yeah i i think you have to get up to the raptor full size to get to the 37s the, yeah the, the truck not the, the truck the, yeah, yeah yeah so um but but I'm not trying to put, look, you Ford guys, you have an amazing truck. My personal opinion is that for my type of off-roading that I like to do, and I do like to go up and over rocks, I think that the articulation, the overall feel, and the actual packaging of the Jeep and that amazing 392 gives it the edge over the Bronco Raptor. Now, the Bronco Raptor, if I was living in, like, Desert County, you know what I mean? Or if I was living in Nevada, oh, hell yeah. That thing would be just, like, a perfect off-road truck for the dunes and for, you know, those types so, of So what you're saying is the Bronco Raptor is better at, like, desert running, whereas I, I think the Wrangler 382 is better at rock running. Having that independent front suspension, I'm, forget streets, yeah. but having that independent front suspension and the way they I've seen them function on Baja racing for years and years and years, there's a reason why everybody likes using independent front suspension, um, Dakar and all these other things, and that's specifically because of how they handle in the dunes and on roads, uh, washboard, all that stuff. I think that that is an ideal setup. However, for the type of off-roading that I do, which is a mixture of everything, including bashing rocks and going through narrow trails, 
for me, the Jeep is a little bit more logical. So here's so that was I I I came to the same conclusion, but there's a caveat, uh, and, and for me it was the engine. The caveat is, you know, I was driving that thing, and it's spectacular. Mm -hmm. I had such so, so much fun. Uh, it's actually pretty good on the highway. Yeah, it's <laughs> decent. You know, it's I mean, the straight, last one I drove was in least. a straight line. You're gonna you know scare the you know bejesus out of people if you accelerate past them, <laughs> which is fun. Uh, you know, it does have that kind of Jeep, you know, where you're sitting straight up, the windshield's straight up yeah. now, and it's going to wander a little bit. Mm. And and the seat does not go far enough back for me. I, I agree. Um, it doesn't, now it has lumbar support, thank God. Oh, yeah. So you don't have to shove a basketball behind your back, yeah, don't yeah, you? But it doesn't, you know, I like to sit, I'm weird, I like to sit up straight up. And at 6'2", I'm not hitting the roof, but almost. Mm -hmm. So I would love a little bit more headroom. But the problem doesn't come down to any of that. You know what the problem is? And I realize this. It's the Raptor R problem. How many times have we taken a Raptor R off-road? And we do this for a living. Mm, a half dozen? Maybe not even that. Okay. And the problem is they're just too collectible, too precious, and too expensive to actually. I know one, one person, my friend Steve over, um, has one. And he's actually, you know, wheeled the bejesus out of it. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's like this Raptor R we have. I'm terrified to take it off road because it's just too nice and too expensive then and too collectible. I, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know, but but it's it's you know. But I, it, but if, I if get you, your if point. You, if you had hundred and ten thousand mm -hmm. dollars out of your pocket that you had just actually it's more than that, more like one hundred and twenty once you maybe twenty five once you figure in all the taxes and everything. We don't and we don't register our cars in Montana. We pay our taxes here in Colorado. If I had $5 million in the bank, I wouldn't care about what I take off-road. You, know, you know what? We got a lot of crap for that. I, I did like this rant where I said I wasn't happy about people registering their cars in Montana because they were avoiding paying taxes, and everybody said good for them. That's, yeah. that's where we're living at right now. Well, of course it is. I mean, it's, 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 I got mine. It's I got mine. Yeah. Or they got theirs. Yeah. You know, or good for you. Yeah, why, figure why, out a way to... The, the, you you know. cheated the system. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Forget, forget six in the what, parks and When has that become American? I mean, there's, there's always been an independence streak, but Americans, and I lived in Europe for a long time, were always kind of what made us great was we were always you know, willing to obey the rules because when you stop obeying the rules, then all kinds of other stuff happens. Yeah, you become Canada. No, no, no. You become China. <laughs> right, because you, you, you live in a place where the rules are so strict and I saw this under the communists in the Czech Republic yeah. that everybody, like, I'll give you a perfect example of that, right? I was in the Czech Republic visiting my uncle, uh, and we were going away for the weekend somehow, and he went to his company with his private car and filled it up with gas. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, Bohosh, that's his name. I said, why are you doing that at the company? And a lot of people do this here, I'm sure, too. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't you be paying for that? And he said, no, no, because under the communists, everything belongs to me mm -hmm. because, you know, everything belongs to everybody. Right. So I can't be stealing from the company because the company, in essence, belongs to me. And that mentality just permeates the entire system. And so what people do is all they do is try to figure out ways to get around the system. Mm -hmm. And then the whole thing just collapses onto itself. And you end up with what happened with the Soviet Union where the economy basically, you know, oh, imploded. imploded because yeah. people don't follow the rules. So, so part of me is like, okay, so great, you figure out a way not to pay your taxes. Uh, but if everybody starts doing that, we're going to be living in, you know, the former Soviet Union. And I know there are people now out there who are cheering that out. And believe me, I've been to the former Soviet Union, and you would not want to live there. <laughs> you would not want to live there. Actually, I, I... Unless you love Ladas and Zills, <laughs> right? I mean, look at look at the cars. Yeah, <laughs> look and, at the and waiting in bread lines in order to get yourself a good pair of jeans. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Good, good luck with that. Um, yeah. Anyway, so anyway, uh, that's my rant. Yeah, so, that was, yeah. So, um... Uh, so yeah, the, if you had you know, 
$125,000 invested in a vehicle, would you really take it off road? Okay. Seriously. So, and somebody is willing to pay you that tomorrow. If I had money in the bank where I wasn't too concerned about it, and meaning that if I was willing to buy a vehicle that sounded expensive, yeah, but, but I, I have the money in reserves to where I could deal with the consequences of my actions, either good or bad. Okay, all right. Good point. Mm -hmm. Very logical. But it flies against what actually people do. So as you know, we have some friends and we know people who buy cars that are collectible or mm -hmm. flippable. And the problem is they're more collectible and more flippable with less miles on them. Yes, of course. Right? So I'm going to call them, I think they're called uh, the wrapper cars. They've never been taken out of the wrapper. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, and those cars are extremely valuable. So then you get in a position where you got to decide, do you want to drive the car and take value out of it? And I mean serious value. like as much as $1,000 per mile, mm -hmm. or, and, and, and I don't care you know, who you are, that's gonna mess with your head. You could, be, you could be Musk, the richest man in the world, and every time you put a mile on that car, you're subtracting 1,000 bucks like that, you're gonna think twice about it. He makes $1,000 every nine I, seconds. I know, but, but people aren't wired that way. But, but see, that's the problem, and uh, you're, you're, aha, you said people aren't wired that way. Let me tell you how I'm wired. All right, let's hear it. Okay, I bought a $32,000 little trucklet. Okay. Okay. And I bang it the around. Santa Cruz. I, huh? The yeah, Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz. And I bang it around. And I drive it and whatever. I bought it because I can afford it. I can afford it. And if I wanted to pay cash for it, I could have paid cash for it. That's because I could afford it. Now, if I could buy a sixty-two thousand dollar car, a ninety-two thousand, a hundred and twenty-two thousand dollar car, and I knew I could buy it exactly the same way I bought this one, I would drive it exactly the same way. Meaning that if I wanted to go out hunting or fishing or camping or off-roading or whatever, and if I bought a vehicle specifically for that, I would do it. So, I wouldn't so, hesitate. So, so, but you're once again. I, I think that the people who are buying these, the Raptor R's, right? Yeah, they're they're the ones who want to flip them because they want to make profit. They're smart. But, but, I get but it. But they're no, they're not multi-billionaires. They're taking out loans. Yes. Right. So they're, not, they're also they're, hoping to make some money out of this. Right. But you're not going to make any money out of it by off-roading it and getting it. I agree. But those guys aren't idiots like I am. <laughs> Look, I, but honestly, Roman, every single car that I've owned, I I bashed it to a certain degree. I've, I've driven it hard, and I've driven it because that's the way I drive it. It's my right All as right. a human being to do that. All right, so you know, we bought that 2017 JK with, mm -hmm. with the AV package. Oh, yeah, that, I would beat the living daylights but, out of it. But that. that, to me, is a perfect vehicle for that, right? It, it, it's, well, how much did it cost new? Uh, 70000 maybe? 70000 how many years ago? 2017, so six years ago. Okay. Would you say that that's worth basically the $90,000 that you'd be paying on the JK right now or on the um, on the 392 now? I mean, in terms of value for dollar back then versus now, it's pretty close. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I see. So would that vehicle, when it was bought brand new right out of the wrapper, would you take that off-road back no. in 2017? I, I would take it off-road as a t for TFL, right? That's what we do. Mm -hmm. But if, if I was... And I don't think anybody, actually, I don't think, if you look at it, I don't think it's been off-roaded very much. I think the first owner never took it off-road. Mm -hmm. And the second guy, he showed me pictures of it off-road, but he, like, took his daughter in it, and they went, like, you know, in dirt roads. Yeah, some light off Right, but I don't think anybody's actually seriously taken that thing mm -hmm. off-road. Yeah, so we have. But the point, the point I'm getting yes, at here is that that vehicle was built for it. It was built, to yeah, sure. and it's a really good off-roader. Yeah, it it's is. It's the best yeah. thing it does. Yeah. It certainly doesn't drive down the highway. No, no, it, it's pretty terrible. <laughs> it's terrible on the highway, but it's great off-road. And with that internal roll bar, you can't yeah, see yeah, I know, it. that's ridiculous. I know. But the point is, is that the 392 is a modern interpretation of that. 
and then some on a little bit of steroids. And so for the modern person right now, if I were in that state that I was in 2017 when I bought that vehicle, let's say hypothetically, I bought the 392, you bet your ass I'd be taking that off-road. But thing you're different. Off-road. But you're, you're the only one. No, I'm not the only one. No, you are. I know. I know a lot of people. I, I know. Below in the comments, let you know. I, if you're I know on a my lot. Of, I know a lot of people who have 392s, mm-hmm. and only one of them has actually taken it off road, as far as I know. Only one. I guarantee you, there's more than that. I'm there's not saying there, I'm not saying there aren't more than that, but I'm saying, uh, you know, uh, most. I would say nine out of ten people who buy that vehicle are going to use it, either as something that they you know put around in. Mm-hmm. Or uh, something um, that they fantasize about taking off-road, but will never actually take Agreed. it off-road. Agreed, and that's the whole reason why all the other Jeeps exist. Because if you're not going to seriously go off-road, but you want to fantasize about it, then there's all the other ones you can buy. Yeah. And, Am I right? Right. But anyway, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of the modern problem now. And it gets especially, and this is a new problem for Jeeps, because Jeeps have never been 95,000 vehicles. Jeeps have always been the everyman vehicle, right? They started out in the military. Well, they were utilitarian yeah. up until about uh, 25 years ago. They were one of the cheaper vehicles you could right. buy. Right. It was just something, I mean, it was like, you, they were like second. I remember uh, back, they had this like uh, Jeep, this is in the 70s, maybe 80s, they did a uh, survey of their owners. And mm-hmm. you know what they cross-shopped it against? More often than not. Farm equipment. A boat. A boat. Okay, there you go. Yeah, so it was like a weekend toy thing, right? Mm-hmm. It was like a Harley, but it was never that meant to be collectible or that expensive. And, and even today, I mean, you can still pick up a CJ from 1953, I think, first year. We bought ours for $6,000, mm-hmm. right? They're still, they're not like Porsches. No, no, they, 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 unless they're extremely well cared for and everything else, yeah. Or Ferraris or mm. any exotic cars. Anyway, Nathan, I think we've uh, gone uh, through today's, uh, let us know in the comments below, uh, would you take the 392 off-road uh, if it was your money? Or worse yet, if you had, I mean, imagine most people either have a loan on that thing. So let's say you put down, what, typical 20%, then you get a finance $75,000. Mm-hmm. Right? How much is that at a 5% rate or 6% rate? That's going to be well over 1000 bucks a month. Yeah, pretty much. Easily over 1000 yeah, bucks a month. Yeah, and not to mention the insurance you're paying on it, too, yeah. which would be through the roof. So so if you're paying, you know, let's say anywhere from $1,000 $2,000 a month to have that thing, are you going to be actually taking it to Hell's Revenge? And let me know how many of you agree with me, which I know is a lot. <laughs> in the but also, uh, our cop car, our, our, our police uh, TFL fuzz car, let us know what you think about that and what we should perhaps do with it and some ideas and, and, that you may have. And, and, and please, let, let us know in the comments exactly how much the police paid you. To, 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 to yes, how much did the local police pay you to say these negative things about what no, we no, bought? Take, no, 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 to take it off their hands, because I know you're going to say we way overpaid for it. 8000 are you crazy? Oh, you but guys no, are the was, worst. It was 8000 plus 500 for uh, auction fees. Oh, oh, 8500 I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, All right, guys. Uh, we messed with you enough. Have a great week, and we will see you next time. And if you want to see a drag race, a Raptor R, or if you want to see me go on the same path as I did in the Bronco Raptor, head on over to alltfl.com. All right, see you guys next time. Bye-bye, guys. Ciao. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.